I got pee on the floor. Hello everybody and welcome along to another episode of X-Files Talk X-Files, the only podcast that dyes its hair to look younger and is entirely confident that it's pulling it off. Oh yeah. I'm your host David Howard and joining me today I have Tiffany Duvall from X-Files News. Hi Tiffany. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. So when this podcast dyes its hair, it's red, right? It's, um, well, it it's was, a little too red. It was gray. It's dyed its hair black and uh-huh. it's got a little bit of duct tape just to pull back the jowliness, but nobody, <laughs> nobody can see. <laughs> so, uh, we are of course talking about two fathers, one son yeah. today. So this is, um, the two-parter that kind of ended the mythology in a way, uh, but we will get on to that. First up, um, we're, we're recording these episodes um, a little bit ahead of time, just so that we can take some break over Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is coming up over the rest of this year. Um, so we're actually recording this a few days after the first new footage from the revival has aired. Uh, so we've had a couple of teaser trailers coming out over the past week, so I just want to take a little bit of time just to address those and talk about how excited we are for these for the new episodes to finally come on um so tiffany do you want to give us your thoughts on that um well when the the of course fox released them in two pieces and uh then i guess later on ended up releasing the the full trailer which i think is a little bit longer than a minute um and i the probably the first watch of it i barely remember what happened because all I could see, it was just like Mulder and Scully's on the screen, and I just kept hitting replay. replay. Like I couldn't even make it through the whole trailer because I kept pausing. Well, you you probably couldn't hear it either because there was somebody doing a squeeing noise. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, no, it was it it's it's so cool to to start seeing new footage because you know we it's been so so long. And to see it, you know, you, you kind of have all these built-up expectations and everything that you want to happen. And um, I don't know. I, I honestly was excited for the trailer, but probably in a way a little nervous just because, you know, I wanted it to be so good. And then when I saw the trailer, I was I, – I don't want to say shocked. That's not the right word. Obviously, these are very talented people working on the show. Um, but I don't know. It just – it's like it's like the old X Files, and yet it's new again. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's just it looks shiny and exciting and dramatic and action sequences, and it just man, it's it's like if the X Files started in 2016, this is how it would look, you know. And it's such a crazy, I don't know. For me, watching it since 1993, it's so crazy to see a trailer like this in full hd glory 
like I don't know. It's just blowing my mind, honestly. Yeah, I mean the the, the two thirty minute ones that they showed. You know, there wasn't a whole lot to really glean from that. Um, yeah, it's kind of like okay, this is X Files, but it's not really X Files. It's, it's kind of the same sort of vibe I got from the I Want to Believe trailers, to yeah. be honest. Just because it did look so modern and it looked so um, clear in high definition. And Mulder and Scully look old and I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) They're not supposed to age. Yeah, Um, they do. They they have aged a bit. But I will say in with I Want to Believe, I don't know, the the trailer in, you know, we all knew going in I Want to Believe was a monster of the week. So... That trailer was just significantly different. But if you're looking at the new X-Files trailer, it is like full-on myth arc. I mean, it's like, it's what I wanted X-Files 3 to be. You know what I mean? So, like, that trailer to me, yeah. just like, my my heart, like, grew wings. I was so excited. What I'd really like is the, the two-minute cut of... Um, which came out, I think, on Tuesday. So the yes. day after the, yeah, the, the longer one, yeah. second bits... That looks really good. It, it, it looks it, really good. It gels together a lot better than yes. the stuff that was on TV. Yeah. You have the flashbacks to 1947 with that guy on the military mm-hmm. bus, who I'm guessing is the old guy who's Mulder's new informant. Yes. Because he hasn't changed his style of glasses in <laughs> 60, 70 years. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to have like a new Deep Throat character, you know? Yeah, he has an interesting voice and an interesting look, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it is, like you said, this is what X-Files look like in 2016, where it's all about the military, yeah. the, all about the government surveillance and and all of that stuff. So it looks good. It's going to be different from what we're used to with the X-Files, but, you know, we all yeah. have to change with the times and it's it's more new X-Files, so it's a good thing. Yeah. I know I'm really excited about it and I think I just need to get my head in that sort yeah. of space as to this is what I need to get ready for you know yeah. so i have a few months to get ready for that but you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna have seen the first episode by the time this podcast actually airs i will have yes yeah so <laughs> hate mail to tiffany on twitter everybody uh, yeah i will be seeing the episode uh let's see in about a little over a week at new york comic-con yep yeah well while you're doing that i'm gonna be at texas state fair enjoying a corny dog so suck it <laughs> it's gonna be interesting because it's um it, it, what what's so neat about it for me as a longtime fan is um like i don't i don't know how how i was gonna word this actually um the trailer for me feel you know of course we said that it feels like it's it's new like it's bringing X Files into 2015 and when the X Files went off the air in 2002 it probably still had some life in it and not everybody is going to agree with that statement I understand but uh, you know Annabeth Gish and Robert Patrick they're both fantastic actors they could have taken Doggett and Reyes on a journey with the X Files without. Mulder and Scully. And I realize to some people that's super sacrilegious, and I'm sorry. Uh, but the show was canceled not just because, you know, David leaving and everything else. It After 9-11, things just changed in this country's psyche. And I think that it was okay to question the government in the 90s. It was like the thing to do to question authority. And then suddenly 9-11 happened and it wasn't okay anymore. 
you know, people yeah. kind of were banding together and, and that, that was a big, um, a big deal for the U S and having to come to terms with that. And I think people just, their thoughts and feelings about the government changed. I think in a way we had to in, embrace parts of it to feel safe. Um, and now I think that it's been so much time since then that the culture of distrust and, you know, government surveillance, men, a lot of which 9-11 made even more intrusive, has now, you're now in, you know, 2015 coming into 2016, and now you, everyone is questioning the government. I mean, you know, you have drone strikes happening on U.S. citizens, you have uh, government surveillance programs that are going far beyond what I think anyone anticipated 20 years ago. So it's it's crazy because seeing that new X-Files trailer reminds me that the X-Files is not just hip again because of, you know, aliens and, and whatnot. It's hip again because we are now in another culture of distrusting our government. And our elected officials aren't really giving us a lot of reasons to trust them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a perfect time. It's such a perfect time to have the X-Files back on TV. It truly is. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it'll get people thinking about those bigger issues as well. Right. Um, you know, it's pretty obvious to those of us who've watched the show and studied the show all of these years. But, uh, you know, and the fact that Fox is promoting it so much and the first episode is going to be on after a big football game, that maybe you'll get some people mm -hmm. just sort of watching it and picking up on those themes and maybe sort of questioning stuff and thinking about stuff. And that can only yeah. be a good thing going into an election year, which if, exactly. you, if, if you haven't heard that there's going to be an election going on in <laughs> yeah. about just over a year. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a big deal. We've got some interesting people running to uh, become the president of the United States right now. Yeah, I think at least so. one of them is an alien lizard in human skin. But Yeah, uh, I'm starting to wonder if some of them are like, you know, alien-human hybrids or super soldiers or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> could, could you imagine what the X-Files could do with that? Oh, <laughs> uh, Give it to Darren Morgan. He can do something with it, I'm there sure. There you go. There you go. Well, with this discussion actually ties into our listener question today, uh, which comes from at David John Cornwy. Apologies if I've butchered that. He also goes by Benedict Arnold on Twitter. Uh, but his question is, do you think the new episodes will be able to live up to the hype and anticipation? Uh, do you want to take that first or would you like me to? Um, I think that there, it's two parts to my answer. Um, based on what I've learned about other files from doing this podcast. So point one is if Mulder and Scully are back together by the end of the first episode, yes, it'll live up to the hype among a large percentage of the fans of the show. Um, for the rest of us, I think that it will, um, because of everything that we've talked about, that, you know, this is going to be diving into contemporary America's psyche and what's you know going on in the zeitgeist and stuff and it's new x-files we're all ready for it you know people that are looking forward to it are going to enjoy it regardless I think yeah. I think the thing that you have to bear in mind is that it's evolved from what it was you know at its prime and even from what the show had become by the time it concluded at the end of mm -hmm. season nine um, but I think anybody that's excited about the show is going to enjoy it why wouldn't they yeah i think that you can't please everyone and so i think there are going i say this as someone that's worked for x-files news for almost eight years now 
there are going to be some people that love it because it's the X-Files. That it may not, you know, maybe it lives up to some of their hype, maybe it doesn't live up to all of it, but they're going to support it because it's a show that they love with cast and crew that they love and, you know, a fandom that that loves each other. So, I think there will be people that will be happy regardless. I think there will be people that are probably going to be very critical of it because it's not what it was in the 90s. And so, you know, and I understand. I mean, it's it's difficult to love something for so long and then see it change. You know, so I, I get it. I'm, I'm sure I'm friends with people that feel that way or that will feel that way. Um, so I think it just depends on the person's perspective and how they're going into watching the new series. Um, as to how they're going to feel about it. But I, I think you mentioned from a shipper standpoint, I'm actually probably going to shock you here because I'm, I'm like probably one of the biggest Mulder and Scully shippers ever. I'm pretty sure. I don't that, know. I, you're I, right. That is shocking. Yeah, right. Well, that part won't shock you. But um, <laughs> I will say, even though I am like the biggest shipper in the world, I love drama and I love angst and I love like being hurt I like it this sounds really awful but like Chris Carter raised us in terms of shippers on pain and so you know I love seeing them together and and I love it when it's all happy and butterflies and unicorns and sunshine however I just when there's such drama between them and when there's this kind of push and pull and I don't know. I mean, unicorns and sunshine all the time isn't realistic. So for me, having, on the one hand, I'm thinking, how could you split up Mulder and Scully? You know, they would never leave each other. But on the other hand, that's not necessarily true. So, I mean, I, I can see Mulder pushing Scully away. He was doing it in the in the movie, and I want to believe he was pushing her away. You know, he's thought the whole time they've been in a relationship that he was bad for her. And that he was, you know, ruining her life and and causing all these horrible things to happen. So, uh, on the same hand, I can see her feeling like she has to back away because she can't be dragged down that rabbit hole anymore. I mean, she she's gonna lose her mind. So, I can I can actually see them splitting up, and it will break my heart, and it'll be you know horrible to watch, but it'll be exciting to watch at the same time. I mean, it won't be the same old same old. So, um, I don't know. Now, if they do some stretching of, like, six episodes of unresolved sexual tension, I might die. <laughs> I might die. But... You're not going to make it back it. from New York if they do. <laughs> yeah, right. I, you know, I mean, I... Chris is a brilliant guy. He wrote this show. The, this is his baby. These are his characters. I want to say that I will trust him to do what he thinks is best because this is his creation. So, um, you know, hopefully for better or worse, you know, it'll, it'll end up being, I think what people want to see. I think Chris has a history and not everyone will agree with me here, but I think Chris has a history of giving people what they should have, not necessarily what they want to have. Does that make sense? 
Fight Club accepted, yes. <laughs> okay, Fight Club accepted. You know, I, I think you've got a good point. You said that, you know, you can't please everybody. And no, yeah. They're doing all that they can to try and please everybody, though. This isn't just going to be a mini-series which covers one story, which right. it, which goes into mythology territory, which a I lot know. of people love. Which is what I want. I want, like, six episodes <laughs> of Myth Arc. I don't, I, don't, I don't want werewolves or, like... Any anything else, and I know that that's I'm obviously going to get those things, and and I'll just well, that's have to it. Deal you with know, it. a lot right. of people love the mythology, and I do too, up to a point. Um, but a lot of people think that you know the mythology just just went off on its own kind of direction and and did all these different things and stuff. So I think that yeah. the way that they're doing it. You've got six episodes here, so there's something for everybody. You've got the two... Yeah. It's bookended by the two mythology episodes. In between, you've got a comedy from Darren Morgan. You've probably got two horror stories from Morgan and Wong. You've yeah. got Chris Carter doing some spiritual stuff in the middle there as well. And then, boom, ends on another mythology thing. So there's something for everybody there. And it's Mulder and Scully back together. Yeah. Again. You know, as much as I love um, Doggett and Reyes, and I know you do too, <laughs> there's something about going back to those classic episodes yeah. with Mulder and yeah, Scully together. And, you know, it's going to be good to, to have that. I could um, watch Mulder and Scully read the phone book and I'd probably be happy. So my expectations are probably not as high as some people's. Um, but... You know, I don't know. I, I miss them. You know, I miss this show. I miss these characters. And I mean, Chris Carter is bringing them back. So that's cause for celebration right there. Yeah. Um, last word on this subject. And then we will actually get into discussing these episodes. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite comment that I've seen online in reaction to this new footage of the revival and I'm sorry, I, I can't remember, even remember which site it was on, but it was in the comments section. Somebody said, oh, my God, Walter Skinner is looking increasingly like my left testicle. Oh, that's awful. So I'm sorry, Mitch. <laughs> but uh, it made me giggle. <laughs> okay, on then to Two Fathers and One Son, which are yes. arguably some of the biggest mythology episodes. Um, certainly the biggest... Uh, well, it's the only mythology really two-parter that we have yeah. in uh, season six because the other two-parter we had was the Dreamland one, which yeah. is much yeah. more comedic. Um, so the genesis of this story was that um, Chris Carter and Frank Spotnitz were kind of paying attention to what the critics were saying, that the X-Files mythology was kind of getting a little bit um, unruly. There were so many different strands to it, and Frank Spotnitz was actually sort of saying that this syndicate storyline is what he felt was kind of dragging everything down because they had lots of different elements going on which do all which did all sort of come together you have the idea of the colonists the bees the black oil um Mm -hmm. and everything but throughout it all you just keep going back to the syndicate sort of sitting in a shady room yeah and smoking cigars drinking and it kind of got to the point like (laughs) what new what can you do new with that now because yeah it was sort of repeating itself. So the idea with this two-parter was to sort of blow all of that up, tie up a lot of the whole syndicate storyline, and in a way the alien colonization storyline, and give the show an opportunity to start a new chapter in the mythology, which then we do get with Biogenesis. And obviously that then evolves to become the whole William storyline and the super soldiers and all of that down the road as well. So... Just to take a step back and look at these two episodes as a whole, um, as they should be, 
because it is a two-parter. I saw them um, on a VHS version uh, where the two episodes are actually stitched together, so it was like a movie. That's kind of half the course for how I first saw most of the mythology episodes up until about this point. And I can remember watching it, and the first three quarters of it all I I found extremely boring, if I'm being completely honest. But then that final quarter... Um, yeah. when they start chasing the train and everything, I thought it was brilliant. It was like a movie, you know, it really had the same sort of level of excitement as a lot of Fight the Future did. Um, yeah. You know, looking at it now, there's certain things that I can take from it and, you know, really sort of studying them for this podcast. You know, I'm definitely getting some stuff out of the two episodes, which I never really got before. Um, I just don't think that it's one of my favorite sort of storylines. Yeah. Um, even though some really big stuff does go down here. Well, I think they were trying to wrap up storylines and kind of jumpstart others. And so I think that they kind of shoved a lot of information in these two episodes. A lot of, you know, of course you have Cancer Man is, is throughout the, at least throughout Two Fathers, is kind of uh, being a narrator. And, uh, you know, talking about kind of what the syndicate did and why they were doing it. And Mulder finds out some, you know, a lot of information they never knew before. Of course, one of the first things you notice in Two Fathers is Cassandra is bleeding green blood. So you're kind of like, okay, (laughs) Cassandra's been missing for, you know, almost a year. And she's clearly a hybrid, at least at this point. Um, There's a, a lot of betrayal going through these two storylines let's see what else probably the what I really love about two fathers is that you know Spender comes and he asks Mulder for his help uh, because his mother's been gone for a year and his mother wants to talk to Mulder she won't explain to her son what happened and so Spender actually has to kind of you know go to Mulder um, you know with his hat in his hand so to speak and kind of really try to beg Mulder to come and and talk to his mother and Mulder's really making him work for it. I mean, he is not willing to give in to Spender who has made his life so terrible. Um, And it's not until Scully comes in to talk to Mulder and asks him, you know, why he's not down there helping Spender. And, you know, Mulder is basically telling her, well, I mean, he didn't really ask, you know, and how it's a setup and, and whatnot. And it's when Scully is pressing him about the fact that what happened to Cassandra happened to her is finally when Mulder starts to kind of turn around. And he says, he says to Scully, he says, I have no doubt that what Cassandra would tell us would expose more than just what happened to her. And so, you know, on the one hand, he doesn't want to help Spender because he's angry. But on the other hand, he realizes that, you know, this is something that happened to Scully as well. And so he kind of, you know, he kind of has to find out what happened because he feels like he owes it to her. And so he wasn't willing to walk into a setup before, but he sure as hell after talking to Scully is willing to walk into, you know, what could perhaps be a setup. So I thought that their relationship, their character development in this two-parter was probably one of the stronger parts of the two-parter. 
Yeah, and let's you know give the let's give the storyline the context as well. That at this point yeah. they're off the X Files still. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Spender and Fowley are the agents. Checks. Yeah, Spender and Fowley are the agents who are assigned to the X Files right now, and you know, so that's kind of where we're coming into this. Um, back when we were talking about the beginning, I think I mentioned that you know it would. I always kind of thought it would be neat to see an X-Files episode without Mulder and Scully at this point, where it was Spender and Fowley um, yeah. investigating a case. And, of course, you know, they never really did that because, as uh, Skinner says to Spender at the beginning of the year, I wasn't aware you'd made any progress on the X-Files at all. <laughs> um, but, to be honest, Two Fathers really is that Spender episode because Mulder yeah. and Scully, even though they have a, you know, they find out some stuff, they don't really have a whole lot to do in this episode, which is unusual, and maybe that's why I struggled to engage with it all those years ago um but looking at it now it really is spender's story he's the one who's you know been assigned to the x-files and he's not interested in that at all and so he hasn't made any progress he hasn't learned anything so this is now csm his father sort of having to take him under his wing and just like hold on to his shoulders hold his eyelids open go look this is an alien they do exist yeah this is what i do (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it's it's really him sort of getting acclimatized and introduced to that world that he's always resisted before. Yeah. Um, so it's a very personal story for him. And of course, then that goes through into one son where, you know, he's now been introduced into his father's world, but he can't live up to his father's expectations within yeah. that world. And so he's obviously assassinated by his father at the end. Yeah, um, which is really sad because you know he ends up betraying his father to help Mulder, even though Mulder is the one that he had kind of um, you know butted heads with and and really affected before. And you know once he realizes kind of who his father really is and what he's really doing and what he's up to, you know he he switches sides and decides to help Mulder instead. And I think that is what angers Cancer Man the most is is not necessarily that he switches sides per se but that he doesn't live up to what spender expects you know it's like he tells him at the end how um you know how he hoped that spender would live up or would live to honor him and then he says like bill Mulder's son so even though bill Mulder is dead cancer man is is admitting that Mulder is honoring his father you know, and, and honoring um, kind of, in a way, Cancer Man because Mulder does what he believes. You know, he goes after it full force and doesn't let anything stop him. And he doesn't really waffle with it. Yeah. And Spender does. You know, so even though he says, like Bill Mulder's son, I think that's really a very dual meaning. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we, we've seen time and again how even though they're not biologically related, how Mulder does carry on his father's moral legacy. Yeah. We talked about that when we were discussing the end of Travelers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is all, you know, that's why the second episode is called One Son, because it's ultimately who is the son yeah. that goes on to sort of carry um, Cancer Man's torch sort of yeah. going forward in a way. And it's kind of weird to think that that is Mulder. Um, I know. I, I guess it's because he has some sort of drive, and even though there's disagreement, you know, when it when push comes to shove, Mulder does what has to be done 
yeah. for the greater goods. And so I, I yeah. guess that's where we're sort of seeing that come from. And, you know, we're going to go into that in a bit more with the whole um, biogenesis six ex- extinction storyline. Um, so, yeah, we, we, let's let's go ahead and talk about this for a moment then, that we have sure. um, Mulder, we have Spender. Those are sort of the two biological sons of Cigarette Smoking Man. Mm-hmm. And by the end of one son, there's only one of them left remaining. And it's all about who's going to go on, on and continue his legacy, you know, mm. with the end of the project, with the syndicate pretty much all being killed at the end here, Mulder is the one that survives because even though he tried to bring Spender into this world, he just didn't live up to his expectations. He was weak, you know, he didn't get it for for the longest time until he was forced to, and when he did, he still rebelled against the idea and ultimately rebelled against his father. Mm-hmm. There's actually a third son in here, which is Krychek. Yes, that is a great scene where Krychek and Spender go to, um, I guess, kill the, is it uh, one of the doctors? Uh, apparently his name is Second Elder, which okay, Second I didn't realize. Elder. He's been in like one or two episodes okay. at least before, but I think this yeah. is the first time he actually speaks. <laughs> but like, you know, Krychek is even trying to help Spender. You know, and and I detect kind of a hint of jealousy in that, um, you know, I mean, Krychek is kind of, in in a way, a a son to Cancer Man as well. And so you have Spender who can't live up to any of it. And so Cancer Man is looking to Krychek or looking to Mulder um, to, to kind of do what needs done. Spender just cannot do what needs to be done. And even though, like you said, you know, Mulder and Cancer Man don't agree on how to do it or what to do, I think Cancer Man respects that Mulder does it and, you know, respects that Krychek even will do what needs to be done. Yeah. Apparently there's a deleted scene. I'm not sure which of the episodes it was um, taken out of, but apparently there is a deleted scene where Krychek goes to Cigarette Smoky Man and says, you know, you're getting old you're not going to be able to head up this project forever. You need to name somebody as your heir and basically saying, I want your job once you think the time is right. Uh, The cigarette smoking man just shuts him down and says, no, I have somebody else in mind. Presumably that's Spender um, before he decides that he's too weak to do it. Um, but that would have been an interesting scene, had, you know, to have made the final cut. That yeah, it would have been. We actually get Krychek articulating that, and it gives a lot more depth um, behind what he then does in One Son, where we see him running around the military hospital mm-hmm. while everybody else is gone off to the Air Force Base to meet up with the aliens. You know, why is he behind? Why is he trying to get the alien fetus at this point? It's because he wants to have his own bargaining chip because if he's not going to be taking over the project, well, damn, he's going to start his own project or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and a lot of these two episodes, you know, it's not about Mulder and Scully. It's about the syndicate, you know? That's the whole yeah. point of these two episodes was to eliminate the syndicate so that we could... Um, take the mythology in a different direction that we could give something else for Mulder and Scully to care about. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these episodes, you know, when you come back and look at it and talk about it, it's really all about the cigarette smoking man. Oh yeah. And yeah. It really is. Um, 
And Diana Fowley in One Son, I mean, quite a bit of it is is bringing her into it as well. And they they weave Mulder and Scully into that by having Scully get the which I thought was hysterical that she goes and gets the lone gunman's help to discredit Diana Fowley because she knows that Mulder won't listen to her, and so she goes to the gunman to get them to listen to her, and then they all kind of stage this you know, personal intervention yes. <laughs> into Mulder's life, uh, you know, and he's, he's just not listening to it. He's not hearing of it, any of it, you know, and that's when, of course, Scully gets mad and just leaves and says, you know, you, you asked me to trust no one, but you trust her on simple faith. And she's like, you know, I, I can't help you anymore. And, you know, she talks about how without the FBI personal interest is all she has because he accuses her of making it personal. And, you know, she's just like, fine, I'm going to do it on my own. And later, when, uh, you know, of course, he ends up um, at Diana's, because even though he doesn't really believe Scully, he still, obviously, it's nagging at the back of his mind, so he goes to see her. And who's at Diana Fowley's apartment? Cancer Man. You know, so it's, obviously, he's starting to realize that, um, well, he says, in a way, that that they're basically not going to win this. I mean, he says to... Fowley when she later arrives at her apartment that, you know, he's realized the only way that those he loves are going to survive is to give up. Um, and so he's pretty much like, well, they're just going to go to the Air Force base with the syndicate and, you know, survive. And of course, Scully calls him and she's like, I'm going to find Cassandra, you know, basically with or without your help as Mulder's trying to convince her, no, no, you have to come with Diana and I. And, you know, she's like, to hell with that. Um, you know, so, which turns out to be a, a good plan, considering what happens to the syndicate later in the episode, but um, yes. I think it's interesting. I don't know. I Diana Fowley's character is so interesting to me. Um, I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's a horrible person, but I think that she does care for Mulder in kind of her own selfish way. You know, so she's um, an interesting counterpoint to uh, Marita. Yeah. In that, you know, they're both women sort of trying to make their way in this shady, yeah, conspiracy kind of world, and there's obviously something separating them both because as successful as Marita is, you know, she ultimately become comes undone because she tries to do things on her own. You know, yeah. she she tries to sort of emulate Krychek in a way and sort of. Taking yeah, she care really of herself does. in addition to doing the work that she's assigned to do. And we don't obviously know a whole lot about Diana. Um, but, you know, she seems to just do what she's ordered to do. And she puts her job working for the cigarette smoking man first above all else. And, yeah. You know, that coupled with the fact that she has some sort of love for Mulder, which obviously cigarette smoking man does too. Yeah, um, that's obviously helped her go far in life in, in this particular yeah. way. Nah. But uh, that's a great scene between Mulder and Cancer Man in her apartment. Yeah, I think you know, so too. They, you know, Cancer Man gets some great lines in there about, I remember looking over the barrel of a gun at you before. What yes. makes you think you can pull the trigger now? And the whole thing about the apparent lingerie fetish, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was good. Um, but back to um, Cigarette Smoking Man. I mean, we've talked, you know, over the past two seasons about how we've come to see a lot more humanity in Cigarette Smoking Man and in a way that's 
sort of taken away a lot of the sense of power and the sense of threat that he has as the villain of the X-Files. Mm-hmm. And it goes way back to the end of season three. Um, in Wet Wired, at least, where we sort of started talking about how there's clearly a power struggle going on between CSM and X at that point. And over the course of the following two seasons, that kind of evolves to where we learn more about who Cigarette Smoking Man is up to the point where he actually has a name now, CGB mm-hmm. Spender. And we've learned that uh, he has a son. We learned that he had a wife and he got divorced. We've had the whole musings of Cigarette Smoking Man within that as well, where we've seen a possible history for him as a failed writer and everything that he has been through in his life. And there was a time when Cigarette Smoking Man was the ultimate bad guy. You know, he was the Darth Vader of the X-Files universe. And Mm -hmm. the more layers have been stripped away over the past two seasons, the more he's kind of lost that um, sort of sense of status within the show. Yeah. So eliminating the syndicate, you know, there's no more power struggle for him now. He is back in his rightful place as the ultimate bad guy on the show. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he's he's allowed to become interesting, but without sacrificing that villainous exterior, you know, and yeah, even the new things that we do discover about him going forward, you know, he still seems purely evil and conniving and manipulative through all of it. You know, even in On Ami in season seven, you know, yes. he's just, just at the top of his that. game. Yeah, that is my, one of my favorite episodes of the entire show because of his interaction with Scully throughout that entire episode. I mean, it blows my mind. And I, I just, I wish there were more episodes like that. You know, I, I like, I wish that wasn't the only one where the two of them had spent that kind of time together. But well, that's why yeah. he wrote it because they, I don't think they'd even had a scene together. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. But the two of them play so crazy good off of one another. I mean, those two characters together, and of course the actors do it, do a brilliant job. But you know, putting Cancer Man and Scully together for an episode it it's just it it was kind of magical in a way it just it was so great yeah yeah i mean so basically you know in conclusion the two fathers one yeah. son two parter it basically wipes the slate clean because yes. we've already put together the pieces of what's going on with the aliens on earth you know with the whole idea of an alien colony the black oil the bees the shapeshifters, you know, and now the yeah. alien rebels, you know, it's all kinds of comes together and there's not really anywhere else that you can take it. Certainly not with the syndicate. So it's nice that this storyline, it doesn't conclude it by any means because, you know, the earth hasn't been colonized. At yeah. This point or I think anything. it just evolves as well. But it, it wipes that clean and okay. Everybody's kind of figured that out now, put those pieces together. So let's just wipe all this aside and we can, now take the mythology in a different direction, you know, which I guess we kind of started with Gibson praise in a way, the idea of we're all part alien and that yeah. goes into biogenesis and so on. Um, but it also allows them to sort of wipe the slate clean in terms of 
mistakes that they've made, like Cigarette Smoking Man becoming too identifiable, um, like the introduction of Spender, as much as I love Chris Owens. <laughs> Spender is such a boring character, and after yeah. Two Fathers, it's no wonder they didn't build an episode around Spender previously. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, like I said, the last 20 minutes of One Son is good adrenaline TV. Like, it's bad when you look at Spender and you realize that Scully could take him. You know, or you're just kind of like, I don't know. It, it's You're so used to her being surrounded by, like, these very strong male characters. And you know, she's really the strongest female character. And then, you know, you Spender just, I don't know, he seems like the whiny kid brother. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that scene, all of them. There's that scene where in, they're in his office on his computer. And then he comes down and he's like, yeah. I want you written up, yeah. wrapped up, and tossed out of the FBI. Yeah. Hey. He's like... How dare you come in my room? Didn't you see the no people allowed, the no girls allowed sign, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Poor Spender. Yeah. The Spender redeems himself just a tad, just a tiny little tad at the very end, where they're in the meeting with Kirsch, and he says to Kirsch that he wants them to do everything he can to get them back on the X-Files. And he has that great line where he says, you know, far worse can happen, and it will. So, you know, I mean, he kind of, is yeah. somehow less annoying in that 10 seconds than he ever has been before. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you're right. I do actually love that scene with Kirsch because, yeah. you know, yes. He's like, you have answers now? You you have answers now? I'm just like, oh, dude, really? Because yeah. I, I think I said it with Caver uh, of one of the last two episodes <laughs> where, you know, Skinner was always kind of supposed to be kind of an antagonistic kind of character you never knew which side he was on with kirsch you know there's no messing about you know that you know he's not a bad guy by any means but he has no patience he's just yeah he doesn't have patience he's by the book you know and he's just like i can't even believe the taxpayers are paying for this yeah that's (laughs) really yeah he's like what the hell is this so you know he just doesn't give you know he doesn't care basically (laughs) he as long as you know, he hasn't got to spend any more time on paperwork associated with the X Files. <laughs> he's fine. Yeah, so. he's like, can't we just go back to like catching the real criminals? Yeah. Let's uh, do some quiz questions then. Quiz time. And uh, apologies in advance. It is hard to find five questions based on two episodes, especially when they're not the most exciting episodes. Oh, does this mean they're going to be hard questions? <laughs> oh no I've tried to vary it up a little bit um, probably leans more towards yes but I think the next podcast <laughs> they're going to be a bit easier for you so <laughs> now there's a couple in here which are, which are well here's good. hoping I get one yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so question one okay. at the beginning of uh, Two Fathers what is the name of the doctor who survives the attack by the alien rebels are you serious? Um. Um. Hmm. I, I don't know. I didn't watch it for that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. There was probably some forehead kissing going on somewhere. Was it, was, it distracted me. <laughs> it was Dr. Openshaw. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now that you said it, I'm like, wow, that's super familiar. Can you give me one of the nicknames that the other basketball player calls Mulder? 
Oh, does he... I know what he calls Scully. Um, doesn't he say, like, home fry or something? <laughs> so that's what he says to Scully, right? That's not what the other guy says to him. It, it's close, actually. Uh, uh, man. Home slice. I think it's home right? style, according to the transcript I pulled up. Oh. He also calls him milk. But uh, <laughs> yeah, let that scene go down as um, a, you know one of the classic examples of the X Files racial sensitivity, <laughs> which, which it is known for, unfortunately. <laughs> I just remember the no background check-in, jog off, shoe shine, tip. <laughs> <laughs> I when he and when he says that he wants to go one on one with Scully, that was a, that was a fun moment. All oh right, God, really? Yeah, well, he says it. I didn't say it. He said it. Wow. Question three. Question three. According to Cassandra, how excited is she that Mulder visited her in hospital? She's so excited that she could pee on the floor. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love that scene. And question four. According to the lone gunman, what country has Fowley been traveling to on a weekly basis? Oh, it's um, Tunisia. It is. Yes. Yes. Question five. What is the name of the Air Force base where everyone is going to at the oh, end of one it. song? It's even written. Oh, my God. Um, there's about five scenes in a row of everyone telling Mulder to go I know. there. And he's like, And uh-uh. he tells Scully to go there. And it's written on a piece of paper that the camera zooms in on. Uh... Oh my gosh. I'm thinking of every other Air Force base in the show right now. <laughs> like every other one but this one. Oh, I don't remember. It is El Rico. <sighs> El Rico. I was like, Ellis? I'm like, no, that's not right. I know, Ellen's, I think, is the one in Deep Throat, isn't in it? In Deep Throat, yeah. <laughs> but interesting bit of trivia is there's that bit where the rebels surround the syndicate and they're obviously going to burn them. But it fades to black before they actually burn. You just hear their screams over yeah. black. Wasn't actually a budgetary reason that they did that. It was because the uh, the hangar that they were shooting in was made of wood. And so they <gasps> physically were unable to actually do that stunt. Oh, well. So, But yeah, I mean, that's another one of those things where you're watching these episodes and you're just talky, talky, talk, spender, spender, going to sleep. Okay, cool. Somebody's Something's going to happen now. These people are going to get burnt and it just fades to black. Fades to black. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. That was, what, two out of five? I think. You got the pee on the floor and... I got pee on the floor. And Tunisia? And Tunisia. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. There you go. Two out of five. Hey. Well, that is it for our show. Um, and you're going to hang around. We are actually going to go straight into recording our next episode, which you guys have to wait a week to listen to. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, we're going to be talking in that one through... Uh, our Aguamala to Trevor, so yeah. five episodes. Make sure you come back so that you can hear me mention every shipper scene and David will groan at each one. Yeah, well, we got Arcadia yeah. in there, so that's going to be a long episode. I don't know. Monday might be longer. I don't know. Is it just going to repeat itself? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> You're so punny tonight. Yeah, well... <laughs> That's what I'm good at, you know, play to your strengths. <laughs> so 
thank you, Tiffany, uh, for coming along. Um, thank you. How can people follow you and criticize you for going to New York Comic Con without them? That, yes, definitely. So you can follow me on Twitter. It's at T Deval, D E V O L. And of course, I'm on Facebook under Tiffany Deval. And, um, you know, everything else is at X Files News on Twitter because one, some, one of us is posting on it daily, multiple times a day. So there's, you know, cool stuff to do and see and people to talk to. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going up there at the moment, yeah. so I do recommend that you check it out. Yeah. Also, uh, you go ahead and check out X-Files Talk, xfiles.com. That's my website. Uh, go ahead and click on the Amazon affiliate link there. Uh, whenever you're buying stuff, if you've got some Christmas early Christmas shopping coming up, uh, go ahead and click on that link. won't cost you anything extra to buy stuff off Amazon, but a little bit of the money you spend will come back and will help me pay the fees to keep these files online so everybody can access them and download the podcast for free. So thank you for that. Lots um, and lots of files. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can also follow me on Facebook and on Twitter. Just look for David T. Howard on both of those and you should be able to find me. There's usually a lot of X-Files stuff up there at the moment because of this podcast. Uh, and remember that uh, Two Fathers, One Son wasn't actually the alien invasion. It wasn't the end of the world caused by aliens. If it was, David Duchovny would have brought his head and shoulders. I thought we'd stick with the uh, hair theme that I came yeah, up with. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so, I'm sure that 90% of the people listening were like, what the hell? What? <laughs> <laughs>